Welcome to NGJ Pete's Talk, an educational podcast show that aims to give the most updated medical knowledge and approaches to common diseases in the field of pediatrics, including inspirational talks for the pediatric residents worldwide. The talks will be provided by our exceptional residents in collaboration with our esteemed consultants at King Abdullah Specialist Children's Hospital. Our goal is to help future pediatricians to lead the way to healthy child care. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to another episode of NGJ Peds Talk. My name is Habib Al Khairi, a third-year resident in general pediatrics in King Abdullah Specialist Children's Hospital. Today's episode will be about blood cultures. Blood cultures are among the most commonly ordered tests in pediatrics. It's a sensitive tool to detect bacteremia in suspected cases. However, there are certain situations where blood culture results need to be carefully interpreted. So to find out more about bacteremia in children and what to do when we get a positive blood culture result, tune in with us as I welcome our expert for today, Dr. Musaad Al Harbi, a pediatric infectious disease consultant from King Abdullah Specialist Children's Hospital. Welcome to the episode, doctor, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Abir, and um, it's my pleasure to be with you um, guys today. And I hope that we're gonna uh, provide something that's helpful to uh, all the health care practitioners. Always, doctor. Thank you so much. So to understand bacteremia, let's start with the definition and clinical importance. So um, a blood is a sterile compartment. So presence of any microorganism in the blood is called bacteremia and considered abnormal and should be uh, taken seriously until proven otherwise. So uh, it's just in summary, so the definition of bacteremia is a presence of any microorganism in the blood in asymptomatic or even asymptomatic childs in certain conditions and we may probably go through this when we talk in details um, in this uh, uh, in this session now the clinical importance of bacteremia is um, is um, is really crucial in pediatrics uh, it's not uncommon in in pediatric age groups and a situation that all pediatrician had been went through in young children serious bacterial infections occurs in up to seven percent in some studies Bacteremia occurs in 1 in 250 febrile children aged less than 5 years in some cohorts. The reported rates of bacteremia are higher in young children, but after the vaccine era, there have been a decrease in incidence of bacteremia due to preventable infections secondary to certain organisms such as Streptococcus pneumoniae, Haemophilus influenza type P, and Neisseria meningitis. And remarkably, there have been increase in healthcare-associated bacteremias like Staph aureus and gram-negative organisms. So we do become worried when we have a child with bacteremia because it's associated with significant morbidities and mortalities. And if we do not actually act on appropriate timing, the kid may suffer from a short or even a long complications. So bacteremia in a child may be transient, but it's important to determine the etiology or what we call it the focus of infection to act accordingly. So occult bacteremia is the presence of bacteria in the bloodstream of a febrile young child who have no apparent focus of infection and looks otherwise well. And occult bacteremia is a concern in pediatrics because up to 5 to 10% of those children might develop serious bacterial infections, commonly as pneumonias, sepsis, meningitis, 
um, urinary tract infections or in some um, uh, situations septic arthritis and osteomyelitis. Such infections could be avoided by an early identification and treatment of an occult bacteremia. That's great doctor. So timing you said is very important. So when do we really need to do a blood culture? So uh, first, the diagnosis of bacteremia in children is important and it can be clinically challenging to recognize the signs and symptoms as many children, especially in early infancy, might present with non-specific symptoms like poor feeding or decreased activities or even GI symptoms with complete absence of fevers. So a high index of suspicion is warranted in these situations to obtain blood culture and manage the child accordingly. Okay, that's amazing, doctor. Um, does the technique of collecting the blood culture uh, play a role? Oh, definitely. Generally uh, speaking, the inoculum of bacteria in the blood, I mean the quantity, is not always needed to be high to get it in the culture even in cases of severe sepsis, which make the diagnosis also sometimes challenging. For this reason, multiple blood cultures within an appropriate volume is needed to increase the chance of detection of the microorganisms. And the volume of blood in pediatrics is always has been an issue, as small blood volume will decrease the, sensitivi the sensitivity of the test uh, in up to 60% in some cohorts, when the volume is 0.5 ml, the likelihood of having negative blood cultures exceeding 60%. So um, a guidance had been proposed to um, determine what is the best blood volume can be drawn from children to increase the likelihood of having a positivity of the culture. And it is based on the age of the child Maybe it's not the place today to mention all the details about it, but the minimum in even less than one kg, one ml of blood culture should be obtained to increase the sensitivity of the testing. Now, the, the technique of the blood culture is very important to avoid contamination um, by a normal skin flora, and this needs to be carefully interpreted as a few of the normal bacterial skin flora can cause systemic disease such as infective endocarditis and others. And some, in some circumstances, blood culture contamination can make it difficult to distinguish between a false positive results and true infection. So there are certain measures that can decrease the chance of contaminations. One is using a proper disinfections at the site of drawing blood by using 70% alcohol followed by either chlorohexidine or 2% of the iodine. No blood culture should be taken from a pre-existing line as these lines um, usually colonized by skin flora. Except in patients with central lines, we need to do a central line culture because this is one of the differential diagnoses usually on those kids. But the most important thing is to do another blood culture uh, from a peripheral sample to correlate with the central line blood culture results. And in, in, at the end of this um, uh, part, I want to highlight the importance of philobotomies. Uh, a trained um, philobotomies um, should be um, encouraged uh, to be in any clinical area to withdraw a blood in an appropriate technique to avoid a contamination of the blood sample. Thank you so much, doctor, for the clear explanation. 
So after receiving the blood culture result, usually the first question that pops in our mind is, is it contamination or is it a true positive blood culture? How can we differentiate between them? So in, let me uh, go through this, which is a very important um, um, uh, subject to discuss, is when, when to say it's a contamination blood, contaminated blood culture. So contamination is a challenging problem will, uh, and will never disappear. And um, uh, to, to talk about this, it, we have to highlight the importance of the chances of getting a blood culture in any pediatric or even adult hospital. If the number is exceeding more than 1 to 3% of the total blood culture positivity, if it is contamination, then the hospital should do a thorough investigations to lock into the causes and act according to that. So contamination should be um, suspected uh, whenever the bacteria growth um, um, first grow after 72 hours of incubation, or the growth of the organisms is of a certain type of uh, microorganisms like uh, Echinella species, some Haemophilus species, and the commonly we see um, Staphylococcus epidermidis or coagulase negative staph organisms. And also Crinobacterium species and Bacillus species had been um, uh, recognized to be a contaminant in certain situations. Now the important thing that I want to highlight is some of these organisms are really a pathogenic in certain situations like in settings of prosthetic heart valves or intravascular devices and we should prompt, um, um, investigate and take that culture seriously and act um, accordingly and, and that's why we in these situations we usually recommend an ID consultation to look into the significance of this result. Amazing. Pro tips on how to differentiate. Thank you so much, doctor. Um, some children seem to be more prone to these bacteremias than others. So what are the factors that play a role in this? Thanks for this question. I think the, the, the most important thing is to highlight uh, something um, about bacteremia. There are two types of bacteremia, community-acquired bacteremia and health-associated bacteremia. And the community-acquired bacteremia defined as the identification of a significant pathogen in a blood culture taken within 48 hours of presentation to the hospital, or if the blood culture was drawn after 48 hours and the clinical presentation and identified pathogen were consistent with community-acquired disease. And in this category, there should be an absence of admission to the hospital in the previous 30 days, and also absence of a certain medical condition that require frequent hospital visits like hemodialysis or frequent hospital visits for IV therapies, and also in the absence of central venous catheter. In health-associated bacteremia, um, it's the presence of the significant pathogen in blood culture taken within 48 hours of presentation to the hospital. In the following children categories, those with an indwelling device, those with a primary or acquired immunodeficiencies, those requiring regular hospital-based interventions like intravenous therapies, immunoglobulins, hemodialysis, or patients uh, whom they have a home health care nursery visits 
and in some papers they also include the preterm infants less than 12 months from discharge from the neonatal unit. So careful assessment and evaluation of certain patients with coexisting medical condition is really crucial to detect the bacteremia and treat it in an appropriate timing. And knowing the risk factors will lower the threshold of getting blood cultures to exclude the bacteremia possibilities in appropriate case um, scenarios. So taking them to the next step, how can we develop an organized approach to managing bacteremia? So I think that that's the we reach to the most important um, part of this talk is what to do when I suspect or have a child with bacteremia. And there is no uniform approach to what to do, but I think there are a certain um, um, scheme of things that we all should take care about whenever we have a child with suspected or proven bacteremia. Now, number one is assessing the source of the focus of infection. And there are certain circumstances in which blood cultures are really uh, important um, to determine those etiologies, including sepsis, meningitis, osteo, and arthritis. And I think whenever we have a positive blood culture, we should go back and examine the patients and see if there is a focus that can explain the positivity of the blood culture. Now, the second thing is determining if it is a true bacteremia versus not. Um, and um, this is depends on many factors. I mentioned uh, earlier how we can differentiate between contamination and true cultures. But the blood culture time of positivity is important. The type of the pathogen as well. Um, and also um, it, the factors that we really uh, need to care about is um, uh, determining of if this bacteremia is of um, a second origin or a primary focus of infection. Now, uh, in, in link to the blood culture time of positivity, um, among children presenting with CLAPSI, which is a central line associated uh, bloodstream infections, more than 90% of the blood cultures are positive by the 24 to 36 hours. And also in peripheral venopunctures in um, children with no central lines, um, the chance of getting a blood culture positivity range from 90 to 95%. But this should not uh, mislead us that if 24 hours passed, the culture should be negative. But we should wait until we document negativity for at least 36 hours. Now, choosing the appropriate empiric antibiotics. Um, uh, antibiotics should be initiated whenever we suspect bacteremia, um, uh, regardless of the origin, sepsis, or others, pending um, diagnostics evaluations, and um, the, the term what we usually uh, use is a rule out. So, and the choices of antibiotics, it depends on multiple factors. First, the age of the child and the microbiological differential diagnosis. Like in neonates versus all children, in neonates usually we take care of certain organisms like the group B streptococcus 
E. coli, um, and others. In older uh, children, we do care about m many other organisms, including Pneumococcus and Neisseria meningitides and Staph aureus. The second uh, important factor in choosing antibiotics is the primary focus of infection. If I'm dealing with CNS infection, the antibiotic should be broad to cover the uh, possible organisms as well as the good penetration to the CNS. And this is applicable when we think of bone infection or um, other sites in the body. If the gram stain is known, this is a very important factor to think what antibiotic I should start. And this is uh, going to be really helpful in narrowing uh, or um, minimizing the use of inappropriate uh, antibiotics or adding unnecessary antibiotics. So the antibiotic should be selected based on the most likely organisms. Now the question is, can we consider bacteremia rule out sepsis after 24 hours and therefore shorten the duration of antibiotic therapy from 48 to 24? Studies in pediatric had failed to prove this theory and still the recommendation is to wait at least 36 to 48 hours of incubation to decide about continuation or discontinuation of antibiotics. And among the commonly used um, antibiotics in suspected bacteremia is vancomycin. And in one of the uh, largest studies done in pediatric, up to 70% of the use of vancomycin was actually inappropriate. And I mentioned vancomycin here because it harbored a very high risk of toxicities in children, including the nephrotoxicity and others. So whenever we suspect bacteremia, if the child is not um, uh, at risk of having uh, gram-positive infections minimize the use of vancomycin in these situations. Thank you so much, Doctor, for joining us today and enlightening us. What would be your take-home message for us residents? Um, you're welcome. And I think uh, as an infectious disease specialist, I may see bacteremia's cases quite often than other specialties in the hospital all the time. Even though I'm trained in this and this is what I do, it can still be challenging to manage these infections. And we, as an ID, have seen a lot of comorbidities and mortalities related to bacteremias. So a message is whenever a blood culture is tend to be positive in your patients, visit your patients, differential diagnosis, and link this result to what the patient is here for. And an early IED consultation is also proven to be effective in decreasing the rate of complications related to bacteremia. So please consult IED to help out whenever you need to consult us.